1: Boogie well, hates racism and Chris Paul, and who cannot get on board with that platform?
2: If I've learned a lot, this I, I'm not
1: going to say it, that sounds too no, Roll. No. Ro- no, no, I no, 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 no. <laughs>
2: if
1: the Bucks do win it all, Pat Connaughton's numbers should be in the rafters. Hey there, welcome to the EuroBart. This is Ty Windish, and I am joined in a moment here by Bart Winkler, host of the Bart Winkler Show, Our friend covering all Wisconsin sports, and we had a, just got into a deep post-playoff flameout Bucks chat, Uh, as Bart and I are prone to do, talked about what we think should come next, what has to happen, most disappointing Bucks losses. Hopefully it's cathartic, maybe it's just us ranting a little bit, Uh, I don't know, but it was a great chat, really always enjoy talking to Bart, and you should, if you're not already, Go subscribe to The Bart Winkler Show wherever you're listening to this podcast and on YouTube. Bart is doing great work and he's doing pods every day on YouTube and on the pod platform. So wherever you listen to the Eurostep, in Six, and our other GSPN pods, go subscribe and listen to Bart as well. He does great work. Always enjoy catching up with him. Without further ado, here is our conversation.
2: Good morning, everybody. My name is Bart Winkler. I'm still doing the thing where when the Heat and Knicks are playing, I'm still doing like, well, this would be game two. Well, this would be game three. And I would be I would be uh, watching the game right now. I'm talking with Ty Windish of the Eurostep podcast, part of the ever-growing and expansive GSPN network of pods. Ty, how you doing, my friend?
1: I'm good. A weird turn of events. I think I don't know exactly why. I don't know if it's just a begrudging respect. I don't know if it's a uh, it'll make oh, no, the Bucks no, look no. better thing. No, 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 no. I'm 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 enjoying the Heat playoff run. Well, I'm I don't understand. <laughs> I don't either. I never expected this. I've never done this before. Like it, I wasn't like, oh yeah, go Raptors or go Celtics when when those. What, are,
2: what, are, what are you What are you enjoying?
1: I just I think it's funny that there were like Knicks fan I picked the Heat to win I think in six this round I pick all the series, and the Knicks fans were like no and other other fans are like no the Bucks just suck right like they just don't know how to scheme these guys aren't going to keep shooting like this and now they are and at a certain point I'm just like you know what if it's going to be like these fifteen undrafted guys and Haywood Highsmith playing and Jimmy's not even in there and they almost beat the Knicks in the Garden. I there's something about this team where I'm just like, yeah, I don't know, I don't like them. I've got to respect them. I'd rather they come out of the East than anybody
2: else. That's for sure. I think what this is this Stockholm did syndrome. For me, yeah, I think so. <laughs> I think I think what it did for me was it reminded me that the hate that I've had for the Celtics the last few years mm-hmm. it's real. I mean, I hate yes. that. But it's it's the Heat. The team really? I hate the most is the Heat. That's fair. I, and so I got like reignited with that this year I just like everyone talks about heat culture which is just a phrase it does there's no such thing it's not a thing it's no, there's nothing to it I don't like them it's been I don't a good like the heat
1: culture it's been a good year for their which I've called it a, a BS ideology as well I just
2: I I hate these guys yeah I hate them I just I I don't like them uh and I'm petty and I also you know that's how I am I When the team beats me, I want them to suffer the same amount of pain as as I felt. So with that being said, I'm rooting for the Sixers in that series, even though I know it's hard to
1: do it. Yeah.
2: Root for Embiid (laughs) slipping on. He's the one guy that plays uh, on a basketball court like he's on a hockey (laughs) ring,
1: falling all over the place. Game one without him, they got to like like a minute left in the first first half with no free throws, and I was like, basketball is utopia without Joel Embiid. We have proof now, even in a game with James Harden and the Celtics.
2: Yeah, there were two free throws, I think, in that whole first half, both for Boston and each team shot – I mean, Boston shot like 78% in that first half. So, you know, the East sucks, and I hate it and and everything. So, one of the things that I've been talking about throughout the year – actually, I haven't been talking about it i've I've not wanted to talk about
0: mm, is
2: people would come up with different scenarios about the off season and what would happen with Chris or Drew or Brooke, And I would say those conversations are for a later day. Why are we doing this now? Why are we talking about why we're we we're about to embark on a two month playoff run. Why are we talking about any of this uh, at that point? Well, now is the time to talk about it. And I think if they had gone further if they had won the championship, for sure. But then they would have reached a certain level where I would have said wholeheartedly, look, this is a good core. Bring everybody back. Uh, do what you have to do. You know, these guys have been great. And now I'm at the point already where, look, I love this team. I, I, love, I love what they did. They built a really good team to win a championship. Uh, I think Drew was just an incredible trade that they made. The, the summer that everybody wanted Chris Paul. Uh, yeah. They got Drew instead, and that People was great. Forget.
1: It felt hopeless when Chris Paul went to the Suns. It was like, oh, there's no other guard up, up upgrade out there. They, what are they going to do now? And then you wake up to Drew Holiday one day. And it's like, oh, I guess i will do that. That works.
2: And Bogdanovich, and then you yeah. uh, oh, yeah. didn't wake up to him. But they didn't need him. So Middleton, I've always supported Middleton. I've mm. always been a fan uh, of Middleton. You know, I love Brooke. And I'm saying all this to obviously say that I think they need to pivot. Yeah, I think they need to have a stark pivot. And one thing that I would love is for them to get younger, which would be impossible. But then the other thing is, like, re-sign Brooke, okay, sign and trade Middleton, and maybe trade Drew. That's kind of where I'm at, which sucks. I want to ask you and talk to you about, like, what are you thinking, and then if these things are what they're going to do, How? I mean, how are they going to do it is the question.
1: Yeah, it's it's pretty interesting. I think at a certain level, you know, I, I almost think this isn't the worst offseason for the Bucks to potentially have to do this. I, we agree they need to do something, um, even if they make a coaching change, which, you know, I think we'll see on that. Um, obviously, it's a tough time for Coach Bud right now. Um, there's plenty of time to analyze that or to make that move later. But the, I, I don't think a coaching change would be enough, right? Like I think... The way the players executed wasn't good enough. And to your point about needing to get younger, you know, they're, they're, it we shouldn't probably expect Drew, Chris, and Brooke to all be at the same level or better next year. And from what we saw, they would need to be. like They would all need to be better than they were this year. Brooke was great offensively. I, I didn't look at the numbers until we did our, our last playoff like stock podcast going through everything. Brooke was amazing offensively. Defensively, the impact wasn't there. I'd say Chris, kind of the same. Um, good offensive series, defensively. You know, Brooke wasn't as effective as normal. Chris was a huge problem defensively, and you know that's something that's going to be difficult going forward. Drew was just not as impactful as usual defensively and offensively kind of killed them after like games one and two. So even if you get like a great offensive-minded coach in there, which I think they kind of have to do, like for our own sanity as much as the team winning, score some points. Like even when they won, well, I mean all those series would get so grimy and neither team would score – because that was all the Bucks could do. Like they'd have to, yeah. they'd have to choke you out, and then they'd barely score enough to win. You know, that was a fun identity. I like the bully ball. I don't think it's sustainable though in the league. Like I think you're going to run into teams that defend you well enough because your offense isn't that good, and then that that feeds into these runs. And I do think most of the time when they lose, it's because they go on these runs where the other team gets hot from the three, and the Bucks just can't do anything offensively. And I just think they need to be better at scoring in the playoffs. So. Uh, A coaching change could potentially help with that. I think a player change could too. You look around the league and the difficult part is, you know, for getting a younger player, it's a little weird. You kind of need to target a team that wants to be good because your assets are not like, you know, the the Utah Jazz, right? Do they care about Drew Holiday? Probably not. I mean, they want to win games. They're not opposed to it, but they're a young team. They have a bunch of draft picks. Their best players are young. Maybe they would want Drew. I don't know what player they'd have anyway. I'm just using that as an example. Right. You need a team that kind of wants to win if you're chopping Drew and Chris. So I think Atlanta is a little interesting because they floated the Trey Young stuff before the playoffs. He was really good in the playoffs. I don't know if that changes anything. Also, they have an owner's kid in the front office and that is always like a like a green arrow, like trade with that team. Trade with a team who has the owner's kid we in no the longer front do. office. We yeah, we, we no, no longer, longer do. do. Um, that's always a, a good thing I think to look for. Um, uh, the Rockets apparently floated or something came out that they would potentially trade Jalen Green for an established star. I think they're looking to get James Harden and then bring in somebody else and just try and win right away. You know, Jalen Green is still a little raw. Certainly the potential is there. I almost wonder, is that too young? Because you want to win with Giannis and that's like six years younger than Giannis now. Um, too young, maybe better than too old. I mean, Giannis is not old yet either. I look at Portland with Anthony Simons over there. Do they really want to win with Dame? Are they looking for an established player to pair? I think they need to make a move. They keep saying all they want to do is help Dame win. I think that's admirable. Or give us Dame. That's that fair. would work too. I mean, that would be the the that, that would be the home run. But the problem is that caliber of player usually, and maybe Trey is too ambitious for that reason. It's like, okay, four picks and three swaps or whatever. And the Bucks have one pick and no swaps. And with this new CBA, I thought they would have two picks plus their first in 2024. They probably won't be able to trade that farthest away pick in 2024 because of this new rule limiting what they can do. So I I think you kind of look at teams that are looking to take that next step and for some reason have an offensive-minded guard that would flip you. Because I do think that's what – I think they need an offensive-minded player. I've also had a friend who covers the Clippers, um, podcasts about them, will not stop – reaching out to me about um, true holiday for like Paul George and some sort of construction around that. And it's that's not getting you younger, and there's obviously an injury thing there and Chris and PG together would be like a nightmare injury season. But if they're healthy at the same time, that certainly raises your offensive upside. So I don't know. I'm just throwing stuff at the wall at this point. Would love to hear your thoughts on, on any of those that interest you though.
2: Well, I, I do think that, you know, we're they're in this spot where it's like, they feel it almost feels like there needs to be a miracle play. Like if they're going to get better than this, there needs to be a miracle play or really crafty maneuvership from John Horst. And I want to like on the record, I am totally fine with that because they want a championship. They went all in, let's say to yeah. win a championship. It worked. Yeah. They won a championship. And then with that squad, they thought, let's keep this going as long as we can. An injury cost them last year, and then maybe you could say an injury cost him this year. I would not go that far, although yeah. I do think like they should have played Giannis, and they probably, you know, would admit that now. Yeah. Uh, in game, in game, what was it, game three? three. Yeah. So, but, so I'm not like you know people. The the one thing I don't understand in sports right now is everybody that craps on the L.A. Rams for being in cap hell. Well, it worked. If it they works, they won a Super Bowl. Yeah, if, if it, works, it Doesn't matter. They the goal is the the championship, so I'm very happy with the with the title. I just with looking at you know to get another one. If the goal is to get another one with Giannis, I don't think this squad's able to do it. Uh, already, they were you know they play these teams with these younger wings that run all over them, and then all we keep trading for is Jay Crowders who we don't play and. Joe Ingles who like, it's been like this for five years. I mean, yeah, they trade for Miritic, or yeah, Miritic, Teletovic. I mean, just who's old Paul Gasol. And, yeah. Goran Dragic could have been Kevin Love. Not that we would have played him, but he at least yeah. wouldn't have been on the heat. Yeah. So it's like they keep getting these old guys that, uh yeah. And the PJ one worked. Yeah. So the one time it worked, they got a championship. And then other times it hasn't worked. I would like to see like, uh, if they come back with all four of the guys, Drew, Brooke, Chris, Giannis, I don't know. I mean, I'll they'll be good.
1: I would. I would need to see like a whole new, not just a new coach, like a whole new offensive philosophy. Like that's the only way. I, I mean, you know, I'd have fun watching them. I'm not. I'm not going to sit up here and be like, I would stop watching. I'm going to watch Giannis no matter what. I mean, they could. They could put the 15 win Bucks around him. I'd still watch 80 games. But
2: like they're good, but they, they like. All of a sudden, I'm thinking, well, would they be better than Tatum and Brown? Would they be better than Embiid and you know yeah. Harden or who's ever in Philly? They just lost to Jimmy and Bam and Caleb Martin and Max oh, Streis. Yeah. So yeah.
0: Uh, uh. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
1: you won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as J.J. does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts.
2: That's where I'm at. As far as, like, coach, the discussion that I think a lot of people have is, hey, who should be the – Nick Nurse. Yeah. Nick Nurse. Okay. And I don't know how offensive mind like the guys on the staff are, but you've seen guys on Bud's staff have success. You know, Jenkins and Ham to name two right away. Yeah. I don't know much about Charles Lee. The the thing that the only time I I did do an interview in New Orleans radio last year, two years ago, where the guy asked me about Charles Lee <laughs> because they needed a head coach. Yeah. And I had no idea that Charles Lee was even. A Happens
1: coach. every year. Happen. And there's always some people on in Bucks media who are like. Oh, yeah, I read every – all of the three yeah. sentences they put out. I know – but I'm like, I don't know anything about these guys. Taylor so Jenkins my answer to me was, was – like, I was like, Taylor Jenkins, that's the guy who holds Bud back. I can't imagine he's going to be a very – good. And he's great coach. OK.
2: My answer was, oh, you know, all the guys on Bud's staff, uh, you know, they, they're they very connected. You know, they're – and the phrase I said was, and Charles Lee, he's very with the players. Yeah. And I don't even know what that meant. <laughs> but now whenever Charles Lee comes up, people will tweet me like, "Oh, he's with the players." He's whatever take the
1: players, yeah.
2: Whatever that means. But he seems to be like a target. Every yeah. other odds is like 2 to 1, Charles Lee Pistons. 3 yeah. to 1 Charles Lee. So, I, I but I don't know cuz I kind of like I kind of like hiring a guy who knows a little bit about what's up. Like he knows what didn't work, and now it's his turn. He knows I'm sure he's got different philosophies. So we're just using Charles Lee in this example. I mean, he's probably the most, like, qualified or the person that would be that coach. I don't know that I want a brand-new guy to come in, try to implement and start from scratch. But I think, to your point, just anybody that, like, wants to score points needs to be the guy.
1: Yeah, I I, I think – I think all coaching, like, analysis or takes from the outside should be taken with a grain of salt for this very reason. I mean, there's, I think the Bucks have actually been good about putting Charles Lee out there and, like, he had an interview with Zora Stevenson and all these things, which is good. I think it helps him. And I think, in general, the Bucks are very, as okay as you can be with, like, the coaches getting poached. I think they're fine with that. I think they know it's, that's that's what being a good org is about is, you know, giving people opportunities they may not have on your staff. And I think that's cool. Charles Lee, though, I think outside of uh, an assistant year at his alma mater, has only been a, a butt assistant. I would prefer someone who had some more outside experience. I think, again, and maybe maybe Charles Lee is is an offensive guru and we just haven't gotten to see it because he hasn't been in the lead chair. I don't know. And if he is, then that's, I think that's a fine hire. But I think generally you look at Taylor Jenkins, Darvin Hamm. They are more defensive first coaches, and and more you know that's that's just kind of the way. Like they, they, there's some Budenholzer to both of them. I think I know Ham's rotations piss people off, and I was like, yeah, that's that's how it is. But you know, did that Russell Westbrook drama tear down the team? No, and that's also a Budenholzer thing. And same with the Grizzlies and all their stuff. I mean, they they stuck together. They just weren't good enough. Um, I would prefer someone probably who had some more outside experience overall. Some people have floated Sam Cassell to me. I think that's interesting. Again, I just I don't know that much about. He's been an assistant for a long time. Um, I'm interested in Jordy Fernandez, who's a Kings assistant. He seems like an offensive guru, and he helped them defend the Warriors pretty well in the playoffs. Although I know they're not a great defense overall, but I, I don't know that much about any of these guys. I mean, I think yeah. it it comes down to what Horst and and uh, ownership and everything sees in the interviews and hears. Um, but I I think I have no issue with Charles Lee. I hope he gets a Detroit job. I think that would be a great opportunity for him to build a culture there, Um, but I I just feel like it's important for us to say, like, we don't know what we don't know when it comes to coaching. I wouldn't be opposed to Nick Nurse. I hate his dumb hats, but you know, if he's going to be the guy who they trust to build an offense here, then I could ride with that, I guess. I'll buy the hat if they win. I'll hate it, but I'll do it.
2: Yeah, I would say which one of us would be more likely to buy the NN hat first.
1: Um,
2: I don't think I ever would.
1: Oh, I, if they won a championship, I said I would buy it, and I meant I will. I'll buy the NN hat if they win a championship with Nick Nurse.
2: I guess, I guess I'll wear if it if on a pod. I guess if they won a title.
1: Yeah, we'll we'll be at the parade in our NN. Hey, Bud won they... a
2: title, and I like did everything I could to try to look more like him. <laughs> you know? Scruffy beard. Crappy hair, <laughs> fat gut, tired eyes. Yeah, I mean, I I tried everything in that uh, sense. With we talked about this last week, where Giannis and his comments and the LinkedIn post yeah, that he had.
1: No, it's a Nike campaign. It is. Yeah. God. Yeah. It won't die. I know. I had the same reaction. I was like, really? Could we? Not, could we just let it go?
2: He avoided criticism for how bad he played. Yep. In that fourth quarter, and then now now people I've seen, very light conversation, but enough to, you know, talk about it, just us girls, is people are wondering, like, is he as dominant as we thought? Like, if he's as dominant as we thought, should he have not taken over that game? And then it gets back to the mid-range, and it gets back to all this other stuff. But I think that Giannis is the best player in the world. Uh, we could talk about top three if you want. Uh, it's not. I, would, I do want to say, too, it's not Anthony Davis. I would just like to actually pivot for two seconds to give some Anthony Davis slander because oh. nobody in history can have one good game and yeah. then people crown him as the greatest player of all time, even though they know he will be hurt and then bad two games later. Well, I don't he, understand. It,
1: it's so crazy because he, he plays like a top five to seven player, like a third of Harding his Harding has a good
2: game one, and people are like, wow, that was amazing. But he'll suck again. With Davis, it's like, nope, this is finally it. Yeah. He is finally going to be the greatest player ever. He never is.
1: I mean, it's just it, – it is I – don't, I don't really get it. I don't understand the Anthony Davis experience because, I mean, the good games are – like I, I don't even argue with Anthony Davis people anymore because the good games, it's like, oh, I see the vision. Like, oh, my God, he looks amazing. Sure. Like, he's so good when he's good, but either because of injuries or he'll just like not get the ball offensively and get a little passive. And it's like, oh, the impact is kind of gone. Um, certainly don't think he's better than Giannis but at his top end he's he's a hell of a player I, I think Giannis is still the best in the world too Um and I think maybe there's more argument that I would hear now than I would have before the series he also had what like 38 and 20 in game five it's not like he went out with 10 points or something um, he yeah was and bad his finals run quarter. was
2: incredible yeah you know but then in in this situation like if he could have made one or two more shots, or just something, like. yeah,
1: we might still be watching the Bucks at this point. If if that fourth quarter was just a little less bad from him, I mean, it was really one of his worst quarters in the playoffs. I don't know since he took out Dunleavy. I mean, since Nets Game Two, it was it was bad. So it sucks, but I think it happens to pretty much everyone. I mean, even LeBron had the you know JJ Beray Finals moment. I mean, and not everyone is great all the time.
2: Is it a failure? If they only win one with Giannis, because everybody wants there are to connect no failures Giannis, in sports. None, not even a single. Everyone wants to connect Rogers with Giannis. I don't I think it's different. The teams are different, the league is different. Um, but I would like him to win another just so that we don't have to have this like like nobody looks at the Dirk Mavs and says, Oh, they should have won two. And maybe yeah. that's what we are. That
1: I think it'd be a failure. Yeah, because I think maybe they were at the time, but I mean, I feel like we have higher aspirations for Giannis than where Dirk is historically, which is, you know, ridiculously high. It's not not trying to shade Dirk here, who's an all-time player. But after Giannis won his first one at age, what, like 27 – and he had two MVPs by that point. It's like, OK, he's on GOAT trajectory. That's what we were talking about in 21. Yes. You know, if you only win one and you know, now 11, 10, 11 years in Milwaukee, and hopefully he stays for a lot longer. I mean, if he's here his whole career and only wins one, yeah, I would be disappointed. I mean, you'd certainly hope that a player who at his highest highs is the best in the world, undisputedly, which I don't think Dirk was ever really, maybe for a few months there in 2011, but not the kind of way Giannis has been. Uh, so I think it'd be a failure. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's not incomprehensible. It's really hard to win in the NBA, and the East has been fairly loaded for a lot of this run. That since the Bucks have gotten good, but you know, I I would be disappointed for sure. I'm happy we got one. I know there's a lot of people out there. Oh, you just got to be happy. Yeah, I'm happy they got one, but you know, it's Giannis. Like I I I was. It's a failure. They only one won one with Kareem too. Like it's doesn't make it not great, but you certainly liked more.
2: Um. There's a question that they're going to talk Sparky's podcast, Green and Growing, and I'm going to steal the question, but I'm promoting it, so it's fine.
1: That seems like a fair trade.
2: They want to ask which playoff loss hurt the most.
1: Oh, I, I answered the poll. I waited. On I this. want
2: to rank them. I want to rank okay. them. 2019 Eastern Conference Finals against the Raptors, 2020 bubble against the Heat last year versus the Celtics, and this year versus the Heat. Um, my number one will be – so this is where it gets hard because, <laughs> th- like, with Giannis' stuff, and this is what I brought up to you, the Eastern Conference Finals against the Raptors was terrible. The bubble against the Heat was terrible. Yep. But then they won a championship, which I think lessens the blow – would the further out you get, so like with the Packers winning in twenty uh, ten, you know there was that wild card game against Arizona or whatever. I don't care about that because that was the steps. That's what yeah. So that's where I get what he's saying. That yeah. was the steps to a victory.
1: Oh, I get what he's saying too. I, I'm sick of hearing about it. I understand what oh, yeah. he meant. I I don't disagree with. I, he can think whatever. I don't. It doesn't doesn't bother me. But yeah, go ahead.
2: I mean, this year an absolute failure. Yeah, of course. But, but if but. they use it to yeah. then win a championship, yeah. So, like, they the year against the Raptors, they choked. Yeah. They were up 2-0 and then almost up 3-0, and they choked. But it was on the path to success. So that's why it lessens the blow a little bit for me. But I I would vote that one. I, I don't want to be, like, prisoner of the moment, but I really thought that they were going to go to the finals that year. Yeah. I'm voting 2018 against the Raptors first.
1: Uh, I'm putting this one first and that one second.
2: Yeah, this one sucks. Also, this is I would put this one second. So I think I think
1: 2019, the Raptors were probably the better team. That's how I feel looking back at it. Because I mean, that's still an Eric Bledsoe team. I mean, the Raptors had uh, obviously Kawhi, who was the best player in the world at that moment. I mean, that playoff run, he was un- he was godly good. Lowry's pretty good. Siakam's good. Their depth was really good. Mark Gasol. They had a the
2: magical so, run of uh, Van Vliet.
1: Yep, yeah, Van Vliet was incredible that year. And, and I just, Ooh, felt I think like, a lot of
2: us called Van Vliet the whole series.
1: Yeah, definitely. A lot of people still do. I think. <laughs> um, but I, I just felt like it was kind of their year, and then it hurt because it felt like a missed opportunity. They were almost up three zero, and that would have ended the series. And the Bucks kind of fumbled late in Game Three, but. Um, I look back and I go, uh, you know, that Giannis, his first real playoff run, first time they won a series was that year, right? And and I just think, okay, they lost to that team. Kawhi was better than Giannis at that point. I can live with it. And this year, it's like, okay, they were the one seed. And even with Giannis' injury, he came back and they lost two in a row. The Heat didn't have hero. I mean, Jimmy was banged up. I mean, you just, you can't lose this way. I almost think... I agree with your point on – like I think Bubble would have been – if they don't win in 21, Bubble could be the worst because, I mean, there was a chance that could have been the series that drove out Giannis. was what it kind of felt like at the time. But now looking back at the Bubble and them going and winning right away, I think it reduces that one. But this – knowing that this core has won a championship and having to watch them go out in the first round against the A seed as the first seed, I think this is the worst loss in terms of like it's the least justifiable by far to me. So – that's why I have this one first. Like I think this one will be embarrassing forever. Whereas the other ones are just like, sometimes yeah. you lose.
2: Yeah, historically, yeah. this one will be talked about.
1: Yeah. I mean they had to get jewels. Even Carl though the, the heat athletic. were
2: the seventh best record in the East, they were the eighth seed. So technically, where are they in eight oh, seed? Oh,
1: there we go. I like that. I like that. Let's um let let's let's uh muddy the waters on how embarrassing. But this so exactly to was.
2: yours the first thing you said, if the heat go far and win it all. Be this becomes less embarrassing. That's true.
1: It does. It absolutely
2: does. so that's why some people would root, but I don't. i I would rather just see them lose.
1: I can I mean I can we could be facing way.
2: a heat Celtics final tie, Eastern Conference final
1: again. I mean, that's last year. so and the bubble. that's that happens a lot.
2: yeah, oh, well, I hate it. Yeah, um, so the poll was forty two percent said this year, thirty seven percent said the Eastern Conference final against the Raptors. 13% said last year against the Celtics. There's such an out with Middleton's injury that. I put that one last. I, I,
1: I didn't, I wasn't even. The
2: bubble uh, got 7%. Yeah.
1: The bubble. Well, the bubble and that, I think it's, I think it's like, it, it's, it's two levels to this, right? Like it's the two we talked about and then bubble and Celtics are, are like, you couldn't put either of those two. I don't think the bubble. I mean, know, the
2: bubble was so weird, obviously, yeah. because they had already been like faltering heading into the, Break. Yeah, and then they come back. They weren't very good in there at all. And then there was, you know, off the court issues that got distracted. Yeah,
1: still an Eric Bledsoe team, which I just think we have to wait those differently.
2: Oh God, that stupid bubble, which was so great. But I am glad, like where we're sitting today. If you told me the Bucks have one title and it was in the bubble, no, oh, yeah, would, that, that would, would not stupid. be ideal. At least they were able to get it done. So uh, no exit interviews. Here's what happened with this. Everyone was like, oh, shit, no exit interviews. That's a problem. And now there's the, actually, what's the big deal (laughs) if they don't do exit interviews? You guys are overreacting. There's always the real, there's always the reaction, which is real. Yeah. And then there's the people that try to counter the reaction. Yeah. But to me, it says, like, I know Bud is going through stuff and he's grieving. Yeah. But there needs to be exit interviews.
1: I, I would be fine if Bud was excused, even. Like that, I, I get it. Like that's okay. I would, my thing is this like, uh, like, there's eight players I think who can hit free agency. And now, this is
2: like when the Packers put out a graphic where they were going to London and Rodgers wasn't in the graphic <laughs> last year. And yeah. they're like, oh my God, what does this mean? By not having an exit interview, people are like, it means nothing. I think it tells me. No, there's changes that like it tells me that. Maybe I'm overreacting, but to me, it tells me that they don't know what's gonna be up. They don't know.
1: I I don't wanna go that far that it's signaling anything. I think I already did. That's fine. Uh, I would I would like – I mean there's two player options. There's a lot of guys with big decisions coming. We really only heard from Crowder um, who is frankly one of the least interesting guys to hear from after the series he had. Um, like Javon Carter, uh, Chris Middleton of course, Brooke Lopez, like all these guys. Ingles, what's Ingles thinking about? We don't know, which I think sucks. It's going to make – this offseason even more like just mysterious and you know more rife for speculation really. Um, Obviously not to mention Horst and and what he's thinking right now and how he views this. We just don't know. Um, I feel like the Bucks are just such a closed mouth team as at any opportunity. And honestly, they were just like, yeah, it's a difficult situation for a lot of reasons. We're just going to shut it down. Everyone can go to Cancun or Greece now, which I just think is really disappointing. I mean, I think it was a crappy season. I looked last year. They did the exit interviews. They were all on YouTube. They were all posted. They even timestamped them. And it's like, you know, we heard from Chris Middleton right after he didn't play at all against the Celtics. And he sat there and answered questions. And this year to get none of them with so much up in the air with the core, I do think is disappointing. And just like, you know, really makes it that we're going blind into this summer, which is probably what they want. The Bucks, I feel like, like to operate in this like secrecy mode. But it's very frustrating. It's just going to leave – I mean, I understand why people, like you said, are saying, oh, this means they're going to blow it up because, you know, they're not they're not controlling any any narratives at all. It's just like, yeah, think whatever you want to think, which, you know, there, it's going to be a, a trade machine filled summer now. And there's going to be a lot of Nick Nurse posts every day until he figures out where he's going to go. So I don't like it at all. I, I like interviews. People think that media is useless. I had a lot of people saying, oh, we know the series sucked. It's like, who cares? Like, Let's see what the players think. I mean it's uh, – no one cares what we think they think. Let's see what they actually think. I mean every time I get here an interview with a player, there's usually something that takes me by surprise a little bit. I mean these guys aren't robots. Like they have thoughts we don't expect all the time and it's important to have these media availabilities to actually get an idea of what they're thinking. I don't think they're useless at all. I'm very disappointed. And to be clear – my- Huh? I don't even get to go. Like, this isn't a – if anyone yeah, listening yeah, 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 is like, yeah, yeah, yeah. oh, he's upset because he doesn't get to go, I'm I don't. I'm not credentialed. I don't get invited. I literally just want to watch like everybody else, and I don't get to, and I think it sucks.
2: Yeah, you we're, were processing this um, loss, and we would like to hear from the players to see how they're dealing with it. I don't think that that's uh, unfair from fans at all. I'm going to take yeah. one of my parade chairs and set it back up on Wisconsin <laughs> Avenue because I think they should have a – uh, not a parade but a walk of shame <laughs> where we can all shame them for
1: yeah get the you know, bells on cool play game of they Thrones had. style yeah
2: they, uh, they need to be they need to, they need to be I love when they need to be held accountable <laughs> for what they for what they said well it's gonna be an awful off season yeah um uh-huh. it's gonna suck maybe it'll be cool but there's a lot of mystery and I don't like it so yeah I'm real bum man I had a whole may planned and may was gonna be fun and um you know, I know a bunch of businesses and bars are ready to party and and now what?
1: Brewers Brewers watch alongs.
2: I haven't watched a brewer game in three weeks.
1: Uh I watched a couple. It's been pretty disappointing. I was like, Oh, this sucks. there's such an exciting season. It's gonna be the Bucks playoff run. I'm not gonna get to watch very much until later. And then like as soon as the Bucks flame out, like Garrett Mitchell's out for the year and they stop scoring runs and winning games. It's like, oh great, I can watch now and and they're a bummer again. I, that feels cruel. That feels really unnecessary by the universe to, you know, give us this like glimpse of the good brewers while we're all busy with the Bucks. And then it's like, yeah, that's over. They're going to score one run every series now. Congrats.
2: Ty Windish, I'm Bar Winkler. Good to chat, buddy.
1: Great to chat. Very optimistic pod. I hope people f- leave feeling really fired up about the off season in the summer. At least Wisconsin summers are great. At least we still have that, right?
2: Yeah, whenever it starts. <laughs> don't, come on, Bart. I'm
1: trying to go out on a high note. You're ruining it.
2: I actually don't like summer. If it could oh, just be on. 60 degrees every day,
1: I would take that too.
2: I don't have any friends that have boats. I'm not doing nothing. <laughs> I sweat as soon as it hits 65. I'm dripping. I like wearing sweatshirts. So yeah,
1: yeah. I'm in a flannel today, so I kind of relate to you. I was just, you know, trying to be optimistic for the people.
2: I do have a beach pod though. Although yeah. it's the body of a whale and not a, like a <laughs> Thank you, Ty. Yep, yeah, thanks, Pi
3: <laughs> Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network.